right, cool. Here we are, back for Boom. episode. I don't know. <laughs> I don't really want to keep track of yeah, numbers. Next, the next episode. <laughs> it's just the next episode. Sorry, yeah. Of the Paycast. It's me, Carter. I'm here with Matt Moss and Tyler Edders. Hey, hey. What's up? Um, things have. I don't know. We're kind of in the middle of a of our of our train car of old school tournaments here. Yeah, we're barreling down the track. But really barreling down the track. Tons of stuff to do. We just got finished up with LobsterCon. Uh, and in between Eternal Weekend, we're going to hold a 95 tournament at the um, Dornerman Tap here in Chicago, which is where we had that uh, pre-Players Ball hangout with you know people trickling in from outside of town. The contracts meet up. Yeah. Yeah. So this thing is going to be called the Fall Brawl, and we're going to use the old uh, EC, old school 95 rule set. So it's basically alpha to homelands, so it encompasses all sets printed uh, up through 95. We've got, so that's uh, homelands and Ice Age are the two sets that you would then graft onto your typical uh, old school sets. It's just, uh, it's just occurred to me that we've always used the Donerman tap as like a site for like gimmick old school tournaments it's it's like it's like the place that well, we lately, go to lately we have that i well i think i think it's always been the case because if you run back like the last like three or four like actual meetups that we've done there yeah, it's like the place where we go but we kind of want to like experiment with the <laughs> right you know right. try try new things formula. we did we did the relic, the relic war too. which was unrestricted no restricted strip mine it was restricted strip mine, unrestricted recall. And did anybody play with multiple maze of it? I had two in the side that I don't think I I used one, maybe two. <laughs> just, just, just to say that you had. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I really I, I the maze of it is one that still makes me scratch my head. Yeah. I think it's really like a matter of time until somebody comes up. Because people are still coming up with really cool stuff. Well you've got the candelabra, make it happen. Well, the, can- the candelabra means that you'll... I know. I really have no business owning a candelabra. <laughs> that's, that's that's the one card in my collection where I'm like, uh, do I really need this? Spice it up. It's cool. But, yeah, so we did Yeah, we did the Relic War there. That was with the Swedish rule set or banned restricted list. Then we did, the, of course, the contracts meeting the, uh, before EW, and now we're on to our next adventure, which will be this old school 95. Yeah, and 90, 95 is, you know, I guess it's sort of becoming like a, at least a bi-yearly tradition. This will well, be our third one this year. Well, yeah. Second, so we had the first 95 event we did, and I event in quotes here because it was just a meetup, was uh, the evening of that uh, Durasketter uh, meeting up in uh, Madison. In, in Madison. Yeah, Madison yeah. Offensive. So that was really just like getting together and slamming German beers and some some games. So that wasn't a real event. And then we did uh, the split format, old school and an old school 95, but with the unified deck list. Mm-hmm. So, for example, you could only use one Black Lotus between the two decks. But this will be the first time just doing like five or six, five or six rounds of straight 95, I think, right? Yeah. By the time, yeah. by the time... You're done with 95. You're kind of ready to take a break from it. But it's 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 really refreshing. It's like really fast paced. It can be. Yeah. And um, like powerful, of course. Yeah. And um, 
Yeah, it's like it adds the expansion pack to 93.95. It really is. It's like a serious like, expansion It's pack the first DLC. It is. Right. It's like, you know, and sometimes you just want to play the original game without everything, like, kind of spiraling out of control. Because Necropotence, of course, casts this huge shadow, right? And decks are, like, using Necro to grind you out of resources mm-hmm. or draw a shit ton of cards and assemble, like, a two-three card combo really fast. Yep. Um, reanimate a crit. Like, that reanimator deck is insane. I remember playing against that thing. Yeah, but that's designed to beat Necro. I think that deck is designed to beat everything. Well, yeah. But so most of the decks in that format are going to play Necro or have a way to beat Necro. Yes. Right? Yeah. I gotta say, I was I was playtesting just last night against Picard playing Red Green, and my, my faith in the skull was like a little shaken. The card is really really <laughs> hard to play with because, like, the exact number to Necrophore is just unknowable. Ten. It's <laughs> always ten. So he had <laughs> slam into play on the first green. turn, drawn ten. His red green build probably w- runs at least ten bolts, right? So many pyroclasms because of, oh, yeah, because because it incinerates and Bolt chain lightning. Yeah, my threats my th- threats seem kind of wimpy compared to all of that. You know what I need? I need like one Isan's shade. Just fuck you. Yeah, one burly dude. Well, how about we go, so on our 95 trip here, we're going to kind of do a little perspective in advance of this fall brawl. Uh, we'll kind of cover, you know, after the event, we'll go through some of the decks and tech that we saw, but why don't we just kind of go through some of the archetypes that we've seen and played and maybe just tell a couple stories from, like, back in the day. Because I think 95 yeah. is when most people first became aware of magic. Yeah. yeah. So what's um this is this is before my time, but do you remember cracking packs of Ice Age back oh, yeah. in the day? No. So I started playing Magic in the revised, so I guess like that later in ninety four, maybe I was it fall ninety four or winter? I don't know. Somewhere right around in there. Um and then when ninety uh ninety five rolled around, you know, we started opening fourth edition and then this Ice Age set showed up in the foil packs. Mm-hmm. Um, that kind of silver foil pack. And I remember seeing them in a vending machine, like a baseball <laughs> card vending machine at a high V grocery store in Cedar Rapids, <laughs> Iowa. This was like back by like where they had the video section and like they would have the, the video rentals in the little plastic sleeves yep. hanging on the, like the pegboard wall. Yep. This is like by customer service. So oh, anyways, wow. back there they had like the vending machine, but they also had a machine where you could buy like Score or Don Russ or you know cigarettes. Uh, Fleer. No, no, these are like baseball cards. Yeah, football cards. You know Don Russ, Fleer, Upper Deck, Skybox. Um, but then they would also have like, you know, there would be oddball properties like Marvel cards, and there would be things aimed at girls like maybe Rainbow Bright or whatever that yeah. shit was. But then they would have you know these Magic cards are starting showing up, started showing up in there, and I, I remember buying. Um, packs of Ice Age and Fallen Empires and 4th Edition mm-hmm. in that kind of 95 era. Of course, in 95 everything was still flooded with Ice Age. So, uh-huh. or not, I mean, not Ice Age, uh, Fallen Empires. Yeah. So yeah. that shit would be around forever. But I'm yeah. sure all of those packs of Magic cards looked so weird, you know, <laughs> up against, you know, yeah. like Cal Ripken Jr. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know, Ken Griffey Jr. Ken Griffey. Bo Jackson. And was that the first Chester's Cap. Huh? What's that? Was that the first pack you saw? Um, what? What was the first pack? 
like the magic ice age in the vending machine and the lights came down. Oh yeah, yeah, basically. No, I mean <laughs> like I, the no, the, I very first bought cards at a little like shithole comic book store called Comic Shop Plus. S-H-O-P-P-E because it was fancy. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, the show pay. So yeah, that's like where I first got those first couple starter decks, uh, you know, booster packs. But I just, I have this very vivid memory pumping quarters into a machine to get uh, a couple Ice Age packs. And then like ripping it open and being like, Arkham's Whistle, you know. <laughs> like my 12-year-old brain is like, what is this shit? Like I'm used to like doing something with a grizzly bear or Mesa Pegasus or Elvish Archer, you know. So, like, that shit was just completely foreign. It didn't make sense. I remember uh, an early card that I really liked from Ice Age was Find- Findhorn Bow. It was an artifact that I'm sure was, like, really expensive to cast and tap, uh, but it would give target creature first strike until end of turn. And I just remember thinking, how oh, badass it is. It's like, <laughs> yeah. my dude's going to win because yeah. he's got yeah. first strike. He's got the bow. Like, he shoots the you. Yeah. Who gives a shit if it's, like, a seven drop, you know, to <laughs> activate, to cast and activate. But, uh, I love me an overcosted artifact. Um, another is. artifact from that era, I remember, or was an enchantment. I think it was na- called Naked Singularity. And it was the one... <laughs> swinging, dropping bows on Carter's furniture here. But it was... Uh, it was the one that like made mana produce mana of an enemy color. So like planes would produce black, blue would you know produce red, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, or something like that. And uh, back in those days, we would get together and play you know kitchen table, you know like team games, two mm-hmm. on two, three on three, or just like five man battle royale. And uh, you know, and that was a fun card to inject into that scenario and just fuck up everybody's right. mana base, ruin all the plans. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I mean, in ter- like in those days, you know, like, again, like I was in middle school. We talk sometimes about middle school for- format, but that was like 95 was my prime middle school era. I was in seventh grade, Thank you. you know, buying my early packs, just figuring out the game, you know, playing it at school, etc. I, I think there's a lot to that set that gets a little bit overshadowed by the card Necro. I wonder if certain cards were restricted, other people would be... I don't know. There, there's, there's. Are you talking about now how we play it as old school '95? I, I don't know why I think this, but there's something about the '95 format to me that feels very. Um, it feels competitive. I feel incentivized. Maybe it's because you don't get to play it very often, but I feel incentivized to create. Um, kind of the most powerful thing I can be doing which is sort of in opposition to how I feel mm. about old school. I don't know I don't know why exactly I assume that. Maybe because Necropotence has this like tournament history. And that's kind of the fun part about that middle school format actually, 95 to 2003 because you are walking through history and you're playing like the great standard decks of all time against each other. Yeah. It's um it's not exactly that like uh, just in my impression, it's not that fertile ground of like showcasing these old, like aesthetically beautiful cards. It's more about like the gameplay, mm-hmm. the heads up. Necro's one of the early tournament warping cards, right? Mm-hmm. Right. It's infamous. So it's, it's yeah. There's just a lot of history that shadow. people want to tap into, and then you just have all of the curiosity of saying, "Well, I'm going to play Necro with Power Nine, <laughs> right?" Yeah. Which I don't recall how much that happened in. Real history, real timeline, prime timeline history, but I mean, <laughs> <main> storyline. <laughs> yeah, yeah, main storyline. Um, so, 
Tyler, do, do you want to speak at all to your kind of early days in 95? Because you said you the first time you ever saw yeah. a Magic card was in 95. Yeah. Yeah, I'd love to. I love the story. So it was 1995. I was on, I was, I think, like seven. I was on the school bus. And you know when kids are doing something naughty and there's like an aura <laughs> around them? Like you can kind of sense an energy and something's up. So I sensed that. And I poked my head over and there was three or four boys huddled around something. I'm like, oh, they're totally looking at a porno. Like, yeah, it's a porno mag. And like one of the boys kind of moves his head and I see this this little jewel of a thing in his hand. And there's this man climbing a tree and he's got like a ball sack on the back of his head and like red <laughs> armor on him. And he's like looking, he's got this mean look on his face. Of course, it was Carapace from Homelands, oh, yeah. which is one of the <laughs> most powerful enchantments you can possibly play in 95. But I saw that and that image was just burned into my head and I knew I had to, I had to be a part of that. I had to see, I had to look at it. And uh, he was kind enough to let me look at one card for all of two seconds. They snatch it from my hand. <laughs> that is exactly and, what kids do. <laughs> <laughs> Where so it's then, like just yeah. So then a few a few weeks later, I was shopping with my mother at a bookstore for Goosebumps books. Oh yeah, because mm-hmm. I was well on the Goosebumps. You were on that R.L. Stein build. Yep. And <laughs> we went to the cashier, and I saw the magic cards behind behind the counter. And I remember asking my mother, hey, can I please get one of these? I'm sure I said it just that polite. And <laughs> she does the whole, oh, I don't know. What is this? And this this shopkeeper had my back. It's like, oh, this is a really you know educational game. It's math. <laughs> it's, he just completely like set up the soft serve. Yeah. And my mother's like, yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. I'll take a pack. So it was probably Homelands. It was either Homelands or Ice Age. Uh-huh. And that was the beginning of my collection. I had literally, you know, like 14 cards or I don't know how many cards came So in just one Seven. booster one pack. Yeah, it was pack. like one or two booster packs of Homelands. And I just looked through those cards forever, read every single one. It yeah. was, I, I got a Carapace, which I was really happy about. Oh, my God. You got the card that you saw. Yeah. That's amazing. And the Rotothopters, the other one that's burned in my mind. It's like I, the, I recall that yeah, one vaguely. Artifact Creature. I got one of those horrible uh, Trilands. Yeah, like Castle Singer. Oh, yeah. the one that it's like... Cost two. Oh, it costs two to, to produce. Yeah, it's yeah. like it costs one to filter one color and then two to filter the other. Yeah. <laughs> so then fast forward a whole bunch of years later, I was playing Pokemon and such, and I remember some friends of mine were like, hey, we know someone that actually knows how the rules of magic are. Do you want to play? I was like, yeah, let's do it. And we were doing kitchen table magic where, you know... All lands are basically lotus petals, and we were using uh, <laughs> we were using those uh, dragon's eyes as damage counters because we thought it was like Pokemon and all this stuff. But, <laughs> yep. So ninety five, first time I saw a magic card. I saw the pack of Homelands uh, framed on my wall. Really unopened. That, wait, unopened. that original pack? Not the original pack. I bought a new one a few years ago. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh, just to have a keepsake, mm-hmm. a memento, a sealed one, a sealed one, oh, sealed man. Homelands. So what's the chase rare in there? Uh, Autumn Willow, right? Autumn Willow. I think so. It's got to be Autumn Willow. Sanger Vampire, probably. Sanger. Our yeah. for the week, for the fall brawl. Or Isan's Shade. Yeah. Uh, I think the, the actual only playable card. Well, Merchant the actual Scroll. only playable card. Merchant Scroll. Merchant Scroll. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> I, I stand by Autumn Willow. There's got to be there's got to be something you can do with her. She's, she's pretty impressive. Did right? Picard have one in his red-green build? No, he didn't. He had um, 
He was playing with Lurgoifs. Oh, that's right. Oh, my God. That's the technology against uh, the oh. animator a little bit. It's, it's insane. Like, you just end up trading resources at the beginning of the game, and he plays a Lurgoif, and it's like a 9 10. Yeah. <laughs> I have absolutely nothing in my deck that can beat that. Because you're blowing up his guys like Lumberjacks or whatever, his, uh, you know, one and two drops. And they're just going to feed the beast later on. Yeah. It's so, it's it's kind of funny. Um, there's There doesn't seem to be a lot of white in 95. Mm. You do not want to disenchant a Necropotence. Why not? It seems great. Because <laughs> you already get paid. <laughs> You're already been, you've already been paid. Yeah, they're you're like, I'm just You're like, all right, I'll set least. aside seven cards. Oh, and thanks for once. my draw step back. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah. That's not, I don't think that's how you can fight know, that card. It sounds like Jedi mind trick. Like, don't disenchant my Necropotence. That's your strategy, right? I don't want you to have your strategy. It's, it's, I think. It's not optimal. I mean, the way that you beat them is by um, attacking their life total. Or attacking their lands. Yeah. When you can only play one card a turn, it really doesn't matter how many cards you have in hand. So if you get Armageddon, then you've got a grip full of seven cards, but maybe you only have one to two lands. Then you have to necro for more lands. I see. You know? That's you good. just That's you really you end up getting locked underneath that card. You can't you can't trade one for one with necro. That's mm-hmm. exactly like that is your game plan. Your game plan is to exchange resources one for one and then eventually pull ahead. Because you could do use every single point of your life total as card. a card. And if you have Xuranorb, which I think is the really good one, then you just get to keep going. Wasn't going, that going, banned going. or restricted for a time, too, in this, somewhere in this era? In the original 95 era? I think it was. It makes sense. That card is pretty insane. Yeah. It's even great I mean, against like Strip Mine. You know. Um, shoot, what was I going to say? Getting back to white, though, white's prime strength is just adding four more pump knights. Was it Keldoran guard or something? So That's if right. If you're just playing a white weenie strat, you now have eight pump knights, including the order of Liper. And uh, if you like, you can just ditch the white knights, or you can do the crusade build and have twelve two drops. Doesn't it seem like you'd just be outgunned by a necro deck? All of their creatures are, have protection from white, so you can't block any of them, and they w- and they just simply will draw more cards than you thanks to Necropotence. Yeah, they I get to him you, they get to necro you. Yeah, I don't know how you would try to fight. Th- Your source of pleasure is, isn't a card and against that deck. Red Red Wizards are going to have Pyroclasm, which could try to take out your knights too. Yeah, That's the two damage oh, really? to all creatures. Yeah, I don't think I don't think White Weenie with an extra, you know. That's about all we've got. Cooking pump night. Otherwise, I, I can't think of like any other I, white cards. I think I think I think white cards are not really where you want to be, which is kind of funny because you know in ninety three ninety four swords and swords and disenchant are huge. Yeah, white's just know? not doing anything busted. Black yeah. is doing busted stuff. You know, red green. You have stormbind. Um, blue. I don't know what's the big blue stuff in Ice Age. Mm-hmm. Mystic Remora. <laughs> no, that's obviously in modern times. We talked about Merchant Scroll. Yeah. Just Homelands, of course. Um, anyways. But why don't we cover, tra- uh, you know, head on down the trail here and go over some of, like, the different... We've kind of launched into this, but let's cover some more of the 95 archetypes. So, Carter, you've kind of been discussing Necro. How about you just talk about the main linchpins of that deck and kind of how it operates strategically? 
Well, yeah. So I think um, I think the most obvious version of the Necropotence deck is a black-based aggressive strategy that has a incredible card draw engine. Um, the more I play with Necropotence, the more I have begun to realize because I I you know I never grew up playing this card. I've just been learning it all within the past year or so. But um, what you get to do is you get to play out creatures and trade with some of their stuff and maybe cast him to Torak or maybe Lightning Bolt their guys and then play Necropotence and just completely refill your hand by the end of the game. Yeah. You have... It's kind of like... um, It's kind of like the Goblins deck, honestly, in that way, where all the cards, um, you know, generate this incremental value. And eventually you get to the point in the game where uh, your opponent is down to zero cards and you still have a you know full grip and you're at three life but it just doesn't matter you've completely taken over by that point when is the correct time to cast necro asap i disagree depending depending on your strategy i don't think i i think um you'd rather play out your hand first then play necropotence okay what's that so the refill because you because you miss out on draw steps um you, as long as you have I, some business. Yeah, I think yeah. I think as long as you have business, you'd you'd rather be taking draw steps and playing necropotence when pretty much you're out of relevant plays. Mm -hmm. I would say. Yeah, that's the restrained version. Because back at our event earlier this year, I just would turn one swamp dark grit necro draw ten, and then I just died every time. I don't think I won a single game. I, I don't know how to use that card. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's <laughs> there's a there's a there's a very specific way to use it. It seems. Like, when you have Necropotence in play, you're just, like, barely playing Magic. Yeah, but, it's a different game. Um, it's, I think, in, in, a, in a Necropotence deck, you want a lot of your cards to do the same thing. So the version I play, it's either Black Knights or Burn Spells. Yeah. And Tutors, that's it. You know? And so when you draw a certain amount of cards with Necro, you know what you're getting, mm -hmm. you know, on, on average to say. So the decks, you know, as as homogenous and that's why having like the extra set of pump knights is huge. Yeah. Because you just get to completely streamline your strategy. That's really interesting because I always thought you'd you'd be behooved to have a bunch of single one of cards because oh I'm just drawing a bunch of cards, so I'll just get all this crazy stuff in here. But I see the redundancy point. That makes a lot of sense. Well also Mm -hmm. There needs to be a certain amount of redundancy because he's going to run the uh, demonics in their consultations. Oh, right. And like one of those early ones is probably like your first DC is more likely than not to be for necro if yeah. you haven't necroed already. Mm -hmm. But after that, you want those four ofs or you know whatever's left in your library, three ofs, maybe to pull the bolt to win. Yeah. Or I don't know what else uh, to pull a zern orb out to try to refill up your hand. That's so. usually what I do. It's usually the first one is for Necropotence and the second one is for Zeran Orb so that you can keep going. Or Drain Life if you have enough mana in play. So it's four Necro, uh, three or four DC. How many Zeran Orb? I've actually been playing two Demonic Consultation oh. and I, I the conventional wisdom seems to be four of that card but I find that um... I mean, sometimes you can have a really gnarly consultation, and you'll flip <laughs> over like twenty-five cards in your deck. Yeah. And this is a this is another thing that just I'm, happens. This is, 
I know. And it's like <laughs> once you once you do it once, you can't like do it again, right? Because then hey, it's you like are the card that you might you are consulting consult with for. a demon. So you're gonna get bald more often. Well, at least is likely to be bald than to bald. I, f- I find like the diminishing returns on the card are so um, are are so significant that th- I can't imagine a game where you cast that card three times. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, and so I, to me, it seems crazy to want four because a four of means a card that not only do you want to see every game, but you'd re- but you'd prefer to see multiple copies of it. Yeah. Well, four bizarre, or excuse me, four DC works in our next, uh, the next item on our list of archetypes, which is going to be Reanimator. This is the, this is in my opinion, the boogeyman. Where the format you basically have to have bizarre on turn one, turn two at the latest. So you're you have obviously your four copies of bizarre. Then you have your four DC, so that way if you don't have it in your opening hand, you just put it in your opening hand, right? <laughs> and then all your mana, your uh, mana producing mana should probably make black. So that way you can basically, uh, you know, guarantee that you're going to hit that bizarre on turn one. So I, I played the reanimator build uh, when we did the uh, Madison Offensive nighttime meetup, and it is extremely potent. The reason why this deck is so good is because you've got plan A... Which is putting a deep spawn into play on the turn second two, turn, two or three, of the yes, latest. Yeah. very easily. Um, but then you also have this, uh, what is it, Ashingul Nether Shadow yeah. package, yeah. where uh, you have the these engine. recursive threats that yeah. keep coming back and coming back and coming back. And so, as long as you, for as long as you tap your bazaar. Your opponent is pretty much unable to lock you out of the game. And Ashen Ghoul, yeah, Ashen Ghoul is what a three-one haste, and then Nether Shadow is a one-one that you can haste out of the graveyard as well if certain conditions are met. It's like two creatures two above creature it. cards above it. Uh, graveyard Ash- order, graveyard matters. order <laughs> matters in ninety-five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you, know, you want to stack them and stack your trigger, triggers accordingly. But, uh, I mean, you have eight. So, uh, unlike in 93, 94 Reanimator, where you're going to run some reanimation effect um, and then some All Hallows' Eve, or you can do the Hell's, Ca- Hell's Caretaker plan, um, in the 95 Reanimator, you're just running four Dance of the Dead uh, and then four of the uh, just Animate Dead. Yeah, okay. exactly. It's not so much about the really flashy All Hallows' Eve, you know, putting no. three Mahamodis and, mm-hmm. you know, two no. trikes into play all at once. You just need a you need one turn two deep spawn. <laughs> turn yeah. two deep spawn. And then deep spawn, of course, with his trigger of milling two, can feed the graveyard even more. So. Oh, yeah. And then, yeah, the, the nether shadow that you, that you discarded the turn earlier now is coming yeah. back thanks to deep spawn. And yeah, it's so tough. I mean, how do you attack that? Because you've got the big dudes. Tormont's you've got the little dudes. Oh, well, you attack the graveyard via Tormod's Crypt. Yeah. Carter and I, so tell, uh, describe when we did that hotel series, and I was getting wrecked oh. and tilted. Well, I learned, I learned a lot by playing against you. I, I learned that Tormod's Crypt by itself is really not enough. Because the way, the way that it ends up working out is, like, you need to see that crypt, Right. So, the, honestly, against the reanimator deck is when you want to put Necropotence into play as soon as possible. Because mm. then you, you just need to search for your hoser cards. Because sure. this deck just will beat you every time it's allowed to do mm-hmm. its thing. So, um, you know, 
I you you leave your Tormod script in play, of course, until you get to cast uh, uh, Animate Dead or yeah. Dance of the Dead, right? So you crypt in response. Their entire graveyard is removed. The enchantment fizzles. Great. You've essentially traded one for one, and also you know whatever whatever you call the well, you're disrupting value. the engine. Yeah, you're you're, you're disrupting right. the engine. That's a, that's a great way to put it. But their bazaar still in play. Right. So they bazaar again next turn and keep digging and keep looking and God help you if they've got Necropotence yeah. in play because they can also play with Necropotence, <laughs> you know? And it really doesn't take them long to rebuild. So unless you crypt them and strip their um, crypt bazaar and or crypt and... Uh, I honestly found Blood Moon to be a massive uh, card. Yeah, that one's that one is nasty. So it's it has the it has the other Blood Moon has the other nasty effect of turning off the black from the Badlands and the Underground Seas and so, Bayou or whatever else. Yeah, is in there. I found I found that you needed like Crypt and Blood Moon wow. in order in order to beat it. But you know, thanks to Demonic Consultation and Necropotence, you can find them. They're just very fast paced. They're like games of vintage. It's like the you know first three turns are massively important, and then and then the game and then is pretty much decided. Them, yeah. yeah, yeah, because no matter what, uh, Necro's going to lose to a turn one or turn two deep spawn. Like, I, I can't, I, I can't, all, like, I can't beat it. No, I can't beat it. There's 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 really nothing in you my have deck to double that, bolt that removes it. And like yeah, you have to have double bolt at the ready. Yeah, it's just, or, it, that's just not going to happen. Like I I'm not running any red source that doesn't also produce black. Yeah. No, no basic, um, basic mountains. That card doesn't do anything. So the creature package then reanimator is going to be four deep spawn, uh, you know, three or four trike, um, eight of the ghouls, and then you can like throw in some other flavorful stuff too. Like I've ran jizams just mm -hmm. to up the spice to That's the tenth degree, but also because it's a four drop that I can actually cast mm -hmm. if you haven't done the insidious blood moon, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I'll, yeah I'll actually, actually, Juzem, Juzem is a really good idea he's okay. in the deck. Well, just a, just a threat that you can, I can hard, hard cast, cast yeah. is is pretty impressive. Um, obviously, sitting in a bottle helps attack Reanimator. Oh, insofar as you have the, uh, the, they might be using uh, City Brass to color fix, and of course, Bizarre. Any way to you, yes. you can attack Bizarre is desirable. So yeah, Bizarre, Bizarre is absolutely. I mean, I think. You know, if 93, 94 was a strip mine format, 95 is uh, even more so, I find. Because of Bizarre. And because um, the Necro games are won based on what you can cast, you know? So does like I said, Spell get better? I think Connor's Spell is is worse. It's too slow against Necro. Unless, I mean, unless they're just... Moving at a snail's pace, and you can counter the first necro. Right, you can. You know, you could. They have. So, if if I'm playing against a counter spell deck, I'm you know pretty encouraged to put my necropotence into play as soon as possible. And thanks to dark ritual, you can sneak it under it most of the time. And like I said, like trading resources one for one like that is just not the way that you can beat that deck. What are you going to counterspell? Like a pump knight? It's yeah. like, great. I have 11 more in my deck. Yeah. And I have, you know, I can drop 10 cards uh, yeah. on the, you know, and, end step. And counters even shittier against the uh, reanimator where they can just, you know, start piling, piling up ghouls and then they're not even casting anything. Oh, There's yeah. nothing for you. You don't even power. have to do it's anything. Just, right. it's yeah. you just, you, if you keep tapping bizarre, yeah. you will beat them. Yeah. 
You don't have to put a spell on the stack to win. Yeah. That's why it's crazy. And then, so an, uh, another archetype, now that we're kind of running through the list, is like red-green stuff, you know? It's kind of crazy how good it is. Mm -hmm. But um, red-green gets Stormbind, of course, which is an artifact. Uh, red-green and a colorless. It's an it's enchantment, thank you. It's a gold enchantment. Red-green and a colorless. Um, you pay two, I believe, of any color. Discard a card from at random from your hand, and you can deal two to any target. Yep. So... Um, if nothing else, it turns any bad late game top deck into a shock. A shock. That's yeah. amazing. You know, and it, it gives you this inevitability. Uh, if you're playing against a, a necro deck, for instance, they're using their life total as a resource. They're, you know, purposely reducing their life total, and now you get to say, "Well, okay, you better kill me because after the course of eight turns, you're going to have yep. taken Doesn't 16 take damage. Yeah, because right? they're going to probably be running at least 10 bolts. You know, they're, they're going to have plenty of cheap creatures. Incinerate is a huge card. Maybe, to like, so what's the, the creatures? Format. What's the creature basin for that red-green bill? Are you still doing the Kurt Ape thing? Kurt Apes and Ernie's, or are they moving on to something else? Um, I think... You can. Lurgoyf. You could probably play. I mean, Lurgoyf is pretty impressive to me. There's like a one or two of me. Yeah, you could play. You could play a zoo uh, creature base. I would stay away from our Gothian Pixies since you're going to be going up against so many knights, mm -hmm. and their first strike will pretty quickly make you obsolete. So it might be the case where archers is a better. So two I would. Drop. I, yeah, I would choose elvish archers. Curdate, but a two-three body is pretty huge. Yeah. Um. I saw. Uh, I kind of like Centaur Archer. That was one that Picard showed me that That's I thought a gold was pretty dude. cool. That's I remember a, that one. It's a. Uh, I remember that from my grocery store <laughs> vending machine days. Yeah, red green colorless for three two, and tap it to deal one to a flyer. Yeah, pretty sweet. Um, but a lot of the you know because that guy gets through for three after you bolt their knight to remove it you know it puts a lot of pressure on and a lot of red green decks play black vice hence the name vice oh, right. age that was the um, that was a you know huge necro hoser card mm -hmm. because they're paying life to put cards into their hand but um, they're not able to use those cards of course until their next main phase mm -hmm. and oh. they will immediately burn. For any card they take over, right. over them. Why don't we uh, do just a quick segue to talk about the uh, red, green, black? So I guess John Channel Ball thing. Oh yeah, that's a deck that seems really good to me. So conventional wisdom says, never consult for a restricted card, <laughs> right? Because if the restricted card is in your top six, you just lose, <laughs> right, game, game on the spot. Yeah. And so this is a deck that says. Okay, you know, <laughs> I hear you, but I'm gonna consult for channel every time. You get to you get to play Tinderwall. This deck plays Tinderwall, Orcish Lumberjacks. Oh yeah, oh, Fireballs, Disintegrates, four consultations. DT, bunch of burn DT, a, a bunch of burn DT. Definitely, definitely not Necropotence. I don't think. I don't no, think because it, you need a channel. Yeah, because you need because <laughs> you need to channel. That's a non. So the only there. thing you're trying to do is. Get an Orcish Lumberjack in play. <laughs> cast <laughs> cast so Demonic good. Consultation. Sacrifice a forest. Channel Fireball. Kill them. Yeah. And it can I'm do so very, very, very quickly. Two or three, probably. Turn two or three reliably. Yeah. It seems... I mean, if you're not just DCing away the channel. Yeah. 
I think you're heavily, heavily incentivized. Now, this is a deck that seems faster than Reanimator if you're just looking to, you know, goldfish somebody. Right. But I think any reasonably fair deck is heavily incentivized to play with as many burn spells as they can. And I could definitely fathom a situation where just like one lightning bolt to the face is, you know, not enough to kill them through Channel Fireball, right? Like you already fall behind. Right. So it's a glass cannon, but if it's, you know... It's fun. It seems it seems like something to try. I'm interested in how powerful it is. Somebody somebody should play that shit at the Fall Brawl. Yeah. I am... Um, that. That yeah, pretty good. Somebody, somebody, somebody should, somebody should represent. I, I have to play Necro because you look like him. <laughs> because it's, it's me. It's in your blood. I, I look at that card and it's like looking into the mirror. So somebody, somebody's got to represent from yeah. the Necro camp. I mean, the other piece of technology all green mages get is roots, swords to plowshares in ninety five. Roots. You got You got to tell me what this card does. This one does not ring a bell. It's three in a green. Uh, I believe it's tap target creature. That creature does not untap. Tap target creature without flying. That creature does not untap during its controller's untap step. It's an enchantment. It's an enchantment that you put on the creature. <laughs> that you put on the creature. Damn. Cyborg Kunta fucking Kinta. This is from Homelands. Yes. Homelands. It's from Homelands. Oh my god. Three and a green for an enchant creature. This is the deep state tech right here. That is such a good, like, old-school cube card. The The flavor text says, That which nourishes can also bind. Gemma <laughs> Willow Priestess. So. And the art's like a wigwam with a, <laughs> yeah. a shield in front of it. Yeah, dude nice. just caught in the weeds. Uh, another funny card here, just while we're on red-green, <laughs> is the Orcish Librarian, which has killer art from uh, Phil oh, Foglio of, yep. of a dude eating a book. <laughs> of an orc dude eating a book. So he's a 1-1 one, one for 1 and a red, 1 red and tap. Look at the top 8 cards of your library. Remove 4 of them at random from the game <laughs> and put the rest on top of your library in any order. So you can just filter out the bullshit and just get straight to the gas. You remove 4 at random. Why do you look at it first? <laughs> look at the top 8 cards of your library. I don't know. I guess that doesn't really matter. So like, It's like, why is it just the top 4 cards and put them back in any that's order? Such a like, why do you need to exile? Yeah. It's yeah. so convoluted. So, so combo with DC, because you get to look and say, oh, channel isn't in the top 8 cards. I guess I'm clear to go after mm. this. Get the green light, baby. That's pretty so impressive. So you need a librarian. So you yeah. know. You gotta check but the in. Thing, if you're playing the Tinderwall deck, you're just firing it off anyway. Yeah. Like that, It's not for the faint of heart. Yeah. Like If you're the type of Dude, who has channel in the in the top six card of your library? And, yeah. So then you're, you, just, you're just going. Do you down. name the card on resolution? Because what happens if you fork a DC? That just happened. That what happened happens? last night when I was playing against Picard. Picard you name you, na- you name it's it. You name it on right? you name it on resolution. Oh, perfect. Yes, yes. perfect. So, so I could. So you know, he he forked my um, he forked my consultation. Yeah. And so, you know, I could change what I was gonna name based on right. what he gets. Right. And I did. I just feel like maybe you want to get a blast anyway. then, right? Yeah. Because he's gonna get a red card. So right. I'll just go get a yeah, blue blast or something. Whatever, yeah. Right. So yeah, you can. Oh yeah, we get a pyroblast and hydroblast. Does yeah. that matter? It doesn't matter. You don't need five through eight, right? I don't think so. Of that effect? Yeah. Per perhaps, perhaps not. I've actually been kind of scratching my head as to how. Um, I want to construct my sideboard. I know that I want like 
eight cards for Reanimator. Yeah. Blood Moon and uh, Roots. <laughs> and, and Roots. And, yeah. and Roots. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, but other, other than that, I'm I'm not exactly sure what to do. I'll have to come up with something. I re- I actually don't really like black cards very much. Like I mm-hmm. don't really, like to me, Hypnotic Specter doesn't really do it for me. But Necropotence is 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 wonderful. Well, how about we uh, move on to another archetype here and talk about um, 95 Stasis, which is one that I don't know a whole lot about. So, I maintain that Stasis is good because... Is that an archetype or is this just a stew? This is just... Are we delving into stews territory? This is... This is but I, I maintain that Stasis is good because I think um, a lot of the decks that are trying to kill you really fast are using the combat step so you can you can get around it any deck that like a howling mind deck i think is in a pretty decent place against a necro deck because um if you skip your draw step then you don't benefit from the howling mind at all so it's a comparable draw engine right and i think stasis is just always something that goes over the top of nearly anything your opponent is trying to do. What's the 95 stuff <clears throat> that's really powering up stasis? Or is are you just saying it's a deck from 9394 that's yeah. well tuned in 95? Yeah, I think so. I think it's good in context. I um you could you could I think Zernorb. Yeah. I think I think Zernorb oh, is yeah. really 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 good in the deck. Yep. Because it buys you time. A lot of it, time. It, yeah, it buys you a lot of time and lands that are frozen under stasis you can just uh, you can eat for life if you need to. Because a lot of the time it is just those... I mean, like, while the Zernorb is in play, your life total is just an, at an effective, much higher number than sure. what's written on your on your pad. What about a win condition? Does anything change there? And I think, the, I, think the, I think the win condition of Black Vice is even more impressive in 95, right? Right. Like... Um, I like a turn one black vice puts an immense amount of pressure on somebody trying to draw cards from necropotence sure. and so it's pretty feasible that you could play stasis and not even need to recur it for ten turns it might just be like three or four before your opponent just mm-hmm. dies very quickly to one to two black vices in play so it's a car so it's a deck that exactly I don't think really gains much. In terms of in terms cards. of cards, number of cards, but I think is well positioned based on how the strategy interacts. Sure. Like I would, I would be pretty pleased to be playing against a a black aggressive uh, necropotence base deck yeah. with stasis. Yeah, I'm pretty happy about that. Yeah. So um, one that I uh, this is kind of a hard segue, but I also wanted to point out uh, we were kind of discussing the extra cards in '95, and we didn't mention Mana Crypt. Oh. So Mana Crypt was oh, from the yeah. Harper, the, like the Harper Prism books. Uh, I forget what book it was printed in. Can you ex- can you explain that to me? What? So this was like a promo. I I don't know how this card yeah like there right. were the original the novel. there were the original novel slash short story collections licensed by you know the, the intellectual property was licensed by magic and it was just kind of like you know i don't i don't want to call it trash but just like you know pop fiction like you know not like short stories or yeah, right. just kind of junky right. fiction books right uh, 
and I think it was Harper Prism. I could look it up, but I won't. <laughs> I think it was Harper Prism was a publisher. I've got one of them. It's a short stories collection called Tapestries. And uh, Shane actually gave away the first one, which was called Arena, uh, at that Relic War event that we did. The Arena promos. Yeah. Yeah. So um, so you got... So, so with the book, you got magic cards? No, it was like a mail away, I think. I think you had to send away. I don't know. Let me, I'll, let me look up that part of it while I ramble here and, and press for time. But I, I know, like, it, I don't think it was a like an insert in the book. I think you had to mail away for it, like send them a proof of purchase or something like that. I don't know. I'll look up that fact. I'll, I'll circle back to that one. Wow. But, like, the, that's some of crazy. the old school, I, you know, there's like Sewers of Estark, mm-hmm. um, or the card arena from the book Arena. Um, and then, of course, Mana Crypt, which is the one that's you know still used today. So yeah, that's really uh, funny. But that card was from '95, and it of course is legal. So it's another zero drop, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, and then we'll we'll use this as a way to segue into more Stewie or '95 decks. But I, I did a like a super fast Naya build that just had you know a ton of you know, it had twelve bolts, but then it, and it had Ernie's, but it had like extra power, you know, and, and also yeah. and it was just ramped up a little bit more with mana class or um, not mana class, mana crypt, mana crypt. Yeah. So then that I'm like great. just cranking out like turn one <laughs> and two Ernie's, and then just you know doming dude. Did you with go? The, did you go all the way up to Shivan Dragon? Uh, no, because I think I, mine was a true stew and I was running some spiders in Grant's honor or some bullshit like that. <laughs> <laughs> like, it just had the, like the Ernie's were the only relevant creature, and then it was a bunch of joke creatures, you know? Yeah. But it's like, you just have the, you have 12, you can slam the quick Ernie and then just dome them with the, all the bolts, and then storm by him, as we discussed, as yeah. a way to close it out in the end. Man, it's, that is such a powerful card in the, in the context of how we know magic. Yeah. Because it, it's an extra in addition to all the power from 93, 94, and right. now you get Mana Crypt as well. It just right. speeds things up yeah. even more. It's bonkers. And you can run all of it. Soul Rings, like, power 10, Mana Crypt's power 11. Right? Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. So, and that helps everyone. That helps fair decks, that helps combo decks, helps, I guess it doesn't help control decks, but... Man, if I was playing Stasis, I would be so happy if my opponent had Mana Crypt. Yeah. yeah <laughs> okay, great. so the, the books were enclosed with a mail-in coupon redeemable for those special promo cards. That's crazy. Yeah. And that's the only way that you could get them? Was Mana Crypt ever reprinted? At that time. Mana Crypt was reprinted in one of the Eternal Masters sets. Right. Okay. But for a long time, it was only the book promo. That is so funny. Talk about like a relic from a different age. Yeah. Not just like obviously the mechanics of the card, which involves flipping a, a coin. coin. <laughs> yeah. But Fiat it's like magic cards. It's like a mail-in with a novel that you're that's amazing. That's when they were really trying to mix their medias. Yeah. That's well, it was very just cool. in the early promo days when they didn't give a shit and they're like, Oh, you want to hype our product? Alright, do whatever you want. You know, yeah. we'll just stew up a quick card as to as a giveaway <laughs> to, to gin up some interest. Yeah, clearly they didn't realize um, that zero mana artifacts. Yeah, yeah that's boasted. <laughs> We're a little boasted. So in terms of some other stews, I'll just quickly touch base on the uh, stew I played at our first ever 95 meetup, which was at uh, Madison Offensive 90, or not 90, we played 95, but we played In 2016? 17. 17. And I played a deck with uh, Jester's Caps and Copy Artifacts. <laughs> <laughs> so this was just, I mean, and it was, it had control stuff, a bunch of counter spells, uh, you know, moats, white permission spells. Yeah. Um, and then I just added in, 
you know, it was just a whole joke thing where I wanted to get the cap out and make a bunch of copies of it. And it basically <laughs> failed, you know, horribly. But in one beautiful game, I was able to go cap, copy, copy. This is against Friedman. I went cap, copy, copy. Popped them all on one turn and just written, exiled nine cards out of his library. <laughs> <laughs> Probably all of his win conditions. Yeah, I think he was doing an Underworld Dreams thing, right? So I just sent them all away. Amazing. He has no way to win. That is that is kind of the card I think that helps out fair strategies in ninety five. Oh, if you're yeah. trying to if you're trying to play, I think the reason why I, I first off I think a reason why a lot of people don't play the deck is because um, JM Day Tome is pretty much nothing compared to Necropotence. Yeah, but. Um, if you're trying to play a deck with very few win conditions, that's kind of the scary thing about playing Stasis, like a Jester's Cap, removing all of my Stasis, all of my Stasi, or my or my win conditions. You know, like my three Black Vices. Once once those are gone, I have no way to win. So I think Jester's Cap is another reason, in addition to Necropotence, why you are encouraged to homogenize your deck. You know, get yeah. get get redundancy. Yeah, but at the end, cap is just too slow. It's four to cast and two to activate. Yeah, yeah so that's and pretty... so like in the days, so like in the early early Ice Age days, cap was like the chase rare, right? It gave you information on your opponent. You got to look through their deck. I don't think anything else let you do that before then. No, mm-hmm. and then you got to you know obviously surgically remove cards that you wanted out of there. Uh, is it three cards or four cards? Isn't it three? It's three. You get to take three cards out of there. But um, three or four, whatever, some busted amount. And uh, where was I going with this? Oh, yeah. So, I mean, this was before Necro really just took over, and then it just became too slow. Yeah, Jester's Cap was a card that people saw from the get-go and were like, wow. Yeah, yeah. it's three cards. Like, there has three. effect like that, so it's just... Yeah. I think... Um, I think it does. I think it puts pressure. Like you know, if you're playing the deck and they get there and they get to resolve their cap and crack it, and remove the fireball and two mistress factories from your deck, you know, or take out the fireball mirror universe and a factory, and then have all their strips to deal with the other thing, that's a huge problem. Yeah, it's also interesting because you don't you don't name the card right or name the cards. You don't have to guess. You just look through and say, "Oh, it looks like you're playing a channel." Yeah, just take that. Yeah, oh, looks like you're playing one single fireball. Yeah, it's near. It's basically perfect information on their library, right? Another thing you can do with ninety five is you can look at pre existing deck archetypes in ninety three, ninety four, especially especially combo decks. And just think, well, hmm, what would happen if I slotted Necropotence in here? Right, like, and that, that's um, an excellent segue yeah. to uh, what I want to uh, touch base on. What I played at the last at the team, or not the, the split event. I felt like your I felt like your deck was really really good. It was. It's about four or five cards off from being a true monster. <laughs> so <laughs> basically, it's power Necro Monolith. So it's going to have four power artifact, four Necro, four DC. Um, four monolith, you know, fireball, brain geyser as your infinite cons, wind cons, and then just a bunch, an assortment of, of good stuff to try to find it. Um, in my version, I ran brainstorms, and I want to put a pin in brainstorm and come back to why it's probably not that good in 95. Okay. I didn't think it was that good in here. I would probably go with portent instead. Mm. Um, yeah. 
Let's see. Yeah. But uh, basically, the whole goal of this deck was ignore your opponent and just goldfish out a turn two or three win with, and just use DC and Necro to draw a shitload of cards. You know, assemble the Triforce and then just yeah. blow up your opponent <laughs> with with uh, Fireball. Yeah. She's out the W. Yeah. The Ion Cannon. And I mean, it works. Like the, I lost. I only went one and two in the three ninety five games that we played, but like it it worked or was about to work every game. So mm-hmm. it's like it's the, the opponent had to kill him. Like if they didn't I had the win con ready to roll if they didn't either win a counter battle in a sideboard game or I was just like one turn short for some reason or one mana short. Mm-hmm. So that it needs a little bit of tweaking around the edges. Again, maybe with the mana base, maybe with the um some of those card dirtily dirtily card draw cards like uh, like I said, Portland and Brainstorm, but um, yeah, it's it's a monster. It sounds great. Yeah, it sounds terrifying. It's got four dark yeah four dark rituals. Well, I'm just looking at the picture here. It's a pretty baller list. I had Mana Crypt in there. I don't know why the hell he's in there, but uh, I guess trying probably to help power out, out the uh, Crypt out a Monolith. Monolith. Oh yeah, yeah. That's nice. probably it. I suppose, I suppose that's, that's kind of that sounds kind of shitty, but yeah, just because it doesn't cast a lot of the cards, yeah. right? Like when you're trying it's to only, go off, right? And like I've got you in my list here, black, blue, blue, red. Yeah, I've right? got. See, that part's tough. So it, you need to see a ton of cards. Um, yeah, I, and it looks like I ran three Mana Vaults. So probably four Mana Vaults is correct in there, or maybe three. I don't know. Um, yeah, you might you might be interested in more colored sources there. Maybe yeah. some of those pain lands. Well, what I was trying were those barbed sextants, which is just a little bit of cheap color fixing. So that's another something I could tweak with. What I ran is, two in this list. What does that one do again? Um, I'll look it up. But why don't you touch like base? Filter artifact. Yeah, why don't you touch base on um, brainstorm real, real quick while I look up the sextant? Well, I think I think brainstorm like mana crypt. Is another one of those cards that is it's just so very colored by you know what we same with you same have to thing make with like use merchant of, scroll. You have to make use of there's no shuffle effect. Yeah, I mean so little shuffle effect. You know, like we went thirty minutes without talking about brainstorm because it's it's not good. There are no shuffle <laughs> effects. There's what there's Well there's like, a handful. There, there, yeah. So yeah, there, there's D T, there's D C you get DC, no, not DC, just it's DT. Pseudo shuffle. Yeah, it, yeah. Demonic consultation is, is good enough. Yeah, you get definitely. the nature's lore, which is near and dear to my heart. And oh yeah. Then there's that other ramp spell. But, I mean, that's it. And otherwise, you're just brainstorm blocking yourself. Yeah, you're just getting a little bit of info. Yeah, I think you'd rather have something like Portent that gives you the opportunity to um, shuffle your deck if the um, if the cards that you see aren't very good yeah speaking of lore forgotten lore that's another 95 archetype well but hold on the barbed sextant is one colorless and then one tap sack for a mana of your choice so he's just raw color fixing to get that extra you know blue blue red you know and then maybe hold a counter backup if the sack is not like a silence. no it's a it's a tap sack it's a one oh. shot they were so man. They were so afraid of making that effect too good. <laughs> and you get to draw a card at the beginning of the next turn. Oh, oh cantrips! Shit, yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> Shit, I never drew a card. Nice, right. sick value. Uh, I don't know anything. Any other ninety? We've kind of like covered this thing to death. Any other ninety-five sick cards? Sick you can brews, play. Brews. You can play. Um, you know, you can play with recall and forgotten lore and time walk and yep. regrowth and. 
take a bunch of turns and kill your opponent somehow. Last time Bob was doing something with fast bond. I don't remember what the hell it was. Yeah, there's, you know, 95 is the combo format. Anybody who mm-hmm. says like 93, 94, like, oh, you can't play a combo deck, it's like, well, then give 95 a shot sure. because it's pr- pretty much every every busted combo gets a huge shot in the arm by just jamming necropotence into it. Yeah. <laughs> you, just get to, you, know, you just get to look at a shitload of cards. The, the trick deck or power monolith or, you know, channel ball or recursion, you know. There's lots of crazy things to do, so... It's going to be fun. Anything else that you want to holler at? Oh, yeah, I do want to do the uh, old segment of pointing out past fuck-ups and foibles on the casts. Oh, yeah. So when we were doing the LobsterCon uh, wrap-up, I had mentioned my tale of woe from the last round against uh, I, uh, Jeff. I, I don't know Jeff's last name, but I fucked up the City of Brass damage on the stack. So I'd had, I had two City of Brass and two Lightning Bolts in hand. And I was on two life. Right. Oh, you could respond to that shit. Yeah. Exactly. So and and we were both like in double bolt range. So I bolt. I tap city of brass. Go to one. Bolt him for lethal. He bolts me because that puts me down to one. Then he bolts me. I could have tapped my city of brass. Bolted him again. Mm-hmm. And then obviously the game ends. But he may have had another bolt in him oh. too because I had just done a draw seven. So that presupposing that he didn't draw the second bolt, I fucked that up. So the city goes on the stack. Yeah, the, the damage goes on the, the damage trigger goes on the stack. Interesting. It's a, tra- yeah. it's a triggered ability yeah. from your land, and but, you can you know, respond to it. This is like round seven and seven yinglings deep. So I'll sure. blame it. I'll blame it on the booze as always, and yeah. not on just being a because making making mana does scrub. not making mana does not go into the stack. Yeah, that's always trips me up. About but the, like but the ability of yes. city of brass does. So you heard it. You heard it here first, kids. I'm I'm owning my mistake. My one mistake of the year. That's good. Well, now you never forget. (sighs) All right. All right. Cool. Well, uh, we'll see how this folks uh, after I win the 95. See you. Bye bye. See you.